Hello, divers. Welcome once more to the one, the only, except for all the others with the same title, <clears throat> the Deep Dive Podcast. This is where we strive to find something, God help us anything, to watch on streaming media. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wayne Shop Movie Magazine, and joining me here in Studio D is my co-host, the magnificent Mandalorian. Hello, Manda. Hello, that is me. You know, we did sort of like that poor man's patent, so this is really the only kind of deep dive podcast, at least the one you should be listening to. Oh, yeah. The other ones, uh, from what I understand, uh, are all hosted by convicted felons <laughs> and uh, just, just oh, truly man. terrible people. And there come um, our cease and desist letters. Yeah, no, hear them now. It's just what I heard. <laughs> that's all. Exactly. That's what we heard. We, what we heard. We're not saying it outright. <laughs> Perhaps implied, but not outright stating it. So I think we're okay with that. Fair. I'll Welcome talk to our lawyer. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of this homegrown, homegrown show that we like to call the Deep Dive Podcast. So I'm very excited to be here. It's been a couple of weeks. You know, we're kind of both getting over, you know, life things like COVID. And I got COVID for a second time. And then I got strep a week later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I so. just I just uh I just got over um uh about with uh uh what they call burning gonorrhea. And it's <laughs> no no. Oh god. No, 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 no. Oh man. Anyways, yeah. So we we got some fun stuff to to talk to you about, but I just wanted to point out that we are in beginning of summer here mm -hmm. in New England. Yeah. Which means we're we're starting to round off on like almost our fourth year of yeah, doing this. So How insane! Crazy is that? It is crazy. And we you know, oh, and we just have so much to talk about because there's just so much on streaming media. You know, it's interesting. This is this is the time of year mm. when you know they kind of release all the big, mm -hmm. uh, all the big shows, all you know, a lot of the movies, yep, yep, uh, things like that. So there has been a, a lot. Oh yeah, going on. There's so much to even, I mean, oh, where do you even start? Well, I know, Stranger Things. Hey, there's that. Have you ever seen that show? Um, Stranger Things. things. Yes, yeah, you know, the things about, that's that show where a stranger talks to you about the things he carries in his pocket. Oh, oh, I thought it was that sitcom where two people that don't know each other talk about everyday stuff. No, that's Mork and Mindy. Oh, yes, Nanu Nanu. Yeah. Uh, um, so, oh my gosh. Listen, there may be a tiny bit of spoilage here, but listen, you've had some time to watch it. But yeah, season so four just ended about a, like a, what, two weeks ago, three weeks I ago. I think like the first, actually, yeah, about a week ago. The first of July right. was the second part of oh, the fourth season. I binged those two episodes all one day. They mm. were so good. And oh. I mean, have we come to expect anything less from the Duffer Brothers? No, Every absolutely not. season, not only am I just super nostalgic for the 80s, which, by the way, is when I was born. So I know a little bit about it because I was born mm -hmm. at the tail end of the 80s. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but you got to experience it firsthand. Oh, boy, did I. And so this watching this show must have been like you for you, a home a home video on VHS or even Betamax. Yeah, especially <laughs> the supernatural parts. Uh, yeah. Totally like the 80s. The oh, 80s was full of supernatural stuff going it on. It's all been covered up since then. But, you know, there were portals uh, and yep, netherworlds yep. and Hellgates. It's always the Russians. Yeah, you know, and the looming threat of World War Three yep, yep. over everybody's head. So, yeah, good times. But this season we saw, okay, we finally saw... Uh, you know, I'm just gonna put it. Spoiler warning. Doo -doo -doo. We <laughs> finally saw Hopper and Joyce reunite, which just Aww. it, yeah, it shattered my heart with love. It was so nice. It was so nice. Also, like, what about that scene where he picks up Conan the Barbarian's sword in you the prison? What? I noticed that too, and I'm like, wait a minute. Well, that's the Conan sword. I didn't think it was at first. I at first I thought it was a sword from David and Goliath because mm. I was thinking, okay, you know, this is this battle between man and giant monster dude. And I was like, all right, well, maybe it's like that. But then I saw the behind the scenes and everyone's freaking out about it. And even Arnold Schwarzenegger posted something on his Instagram. And I was like, all right, there you that's go. cool. That's cool. But you know what? It's funny because at the time I was watching it with my wife and my 16-year-old daughter. And so I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the Conan sword. <laughs> and my 16-year-old is like, Conan O'Brien has a sword? <laughs> and then I grounded her permanently. So yeah, yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> she's but, just the coolest, but she's she also is. like, what do they call them, Gen Zs? 
Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Gen, uh, Gen. Is she Gen Z? Z? Gen Zero, I think, or something. I so don't she's know. like after the show. Wow, got a mold. Anyways, Stranger Things, this season we saw the, oh man, we saw one of the best characters in the entire series, Eddie. Yes, and that's, and he he was really, uh, you know, the perfect, the perfect guy for this part. Mm -hmm. Not only, you know, just because he played it so incredibly well, but like in all those 80s shows and movies, he's playing a teenager who looks like he's 35. Right. Uh, And that's what they, you know. But he was quintessential outcast nerdy guy who listens to heavy metal music who he's basically me in high school and i felt a spiritual connection with eddie well i i knew i knew some of those people (laughs) when i was in high school so uh, i i attended i attended high school from like uh, 81 to 85 okay and so you know 80s oh yeah so i knew some og metalheads that's cool uh, and that was, you know, I mean, and in the early, early 80s, it was all about like Pink Floyd and Rush and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, it became like Metallica, yeah. Megadeth and mm-hmm. you know. Slayer and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it you know, it kind of transitioned. But they're all, but ever since the early 80s and even the late 70s, for you know, anybody keeping score, there have always been those those kind of types mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in schools, you know. You know, the long hair, the leather jacket, the mm-hmm. shirts, the je- ripped jeans and all that, and the I don't care attitude. Right. Um, which is usually masking some deeper trauma. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, Eddie is no exception, too. I true, mean, true. Uh, but he was just the perfectly written character. I mean, I really can't fault anything here. He, from the very beginning, we kind of felt this weird, like, I don't know if it was compassion or if we felt bad for him. If we were like, oh, you're 19, you still haven't graduated high school. Yeah, I, it took me a little while to warm up to him. Sure, yeah. Because, uh, as I said, you know, I knew kids like that in high school. Yeah. And a lot of them were not likable. Well, I was going to say, some of them, <laughs> some some people aren't always friendly. But then again, you know, you just, you don't know but how you don't know what their story is. Yeah. You really don't, right? So you can't really judge a book by its cover. Hmm. And of course, that's what the Duffer Brothers um, did so poetically within their, their series. But then he had this amazing arc. And man, that season finale. Oof. Oh. Demo Metallica. And Metal I literally watched that scene and I had goosebumps. Oh, it was so good. And we have a surround sound in our couch oh. and our butts were rumbling. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but like it the, the the thing is right underneath our couch seats and oh it was so good. But it's all it's always nice to see uh, a, a deeper appreciation of both Metallica and mm. Kate Bush. Um, I didn't really care for Wuthering Heights. I really didn't. And I thought she was weird. And then I heard this song and I'm like, yeah, right, yeah it's okay. And now I hear it every single day mm. on every social media app. And you know what? I heard she raked in the money for Stranger Things. Oh, she Banks. did. Oh, she did. Good for her. Good for her. And she approved it because she, they, they, they let her read the script and they told her what was going to happen. Yeah. And she was like, this is great. And, you know. And she owns, like, doesn't she own, like, a major percentage of her music? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good yeah. for her. Good for her. Yeah. And, and if you're curious... Uh, listen to Hounds of Love, great album. Mm, uh, don't listen to Babushka. I'm just putting that out what? there. What? I'm sorry. Oh, but, uh, yeah, all right. Well, again, like I said, this. I was born late eighties, but okay. I love the fact that even Metallica's coming out of the woodwork and saying, "Hey, we approve of this. We think it's awesome. Welcome to the club." Yeah, Whether because Metallica really doesn't approve of much. I mean, <laughs> they didn't. They do now. They're all old and they're all sober, mm. basically. So yeah. they're yeah, they're just dads. I'm just got uh, Napster. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> Master. Yeah. Um, but whether you've been a fan for like, you know, four days mm. or like 40 years, 40 years, I'm really excited that, you know, we, everyone's kind of getting back into the music that I grew up listening to, which is really mm. great. But um, fantastic season. We got to wait a whole nother year for the last, the final season of Stranger yes, Things. Yes, yes. And all the all the kids uh, will be older and have mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because guess what? They could get a house in the 80s. They can't do that now. Nope. No. Not many people can. No. Sadly. So anyways, yeah. Stranger Things on Netflix, one of the best things to come to streaming media. Thank you, Duffer Brothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, good. Worth the wait. So good. Really oh, good. man. And there's this, like, there's so many theories coming out right now, like conspiracy theories and like, oh, is number 11, you know, uh, the the daughter of number one? And like, is he, you know, just weird things yeah. going on. And is like, Eddie going to come back as a vampire? And like, just all these weird things. But what but about like, Max? Is Max really gone? I personally, truly, my thought is that she's brain dead. That's so, my thing. 
Well, if that's true, then that means that the next season, mm -hmm. she, and this is another theory, will become a vessel for Vecna. Uh -oh. And Max will be the big bad. Right. So so she'll, quote, wake up, but it won't yeah, be her. but it won't be her. Yeah. So I don't know. That sounds plausible. And then maybe Elle will be blamed and, you know, all this stuff. But Who knows? Who knows? You'll have to stay tuned. But listen, it is our recommendation that you check out Stranger Things if you haven't already. Absolutely. 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 And there are others. There are other shows. Uh, yeah. I, for, for me personally, uh, I would recommend uh, Umbrella Academy, mm -hmm. which is really good. That's mm -hmm. on Netflix as well. And also on Netflix, there's another one, which is uh, interesting um, because it was originally a show, I believe, for CBS. They turned it down. Netflix picked it up. And I'm a sucker for legal dramas. <laughs> And so there's one called The Lincoln Lawyer. Okay. That's on Netflix. Uh, I think it's like maybe 10 episodes long. It's actually really good. Yeah. And it follows a single case all the way through from beginning to end. Uh, check it out if you like legal dramas. You know, I'm just one of those dopes who, you know, can't, uh, who loves a good courtroom scene. You're a big fan of Rizzoli and Isles, aren't you? No, no. I, I, that gives me heartburn. <laughs> the Rizzoli is always too greasy for me. <laughs> And then the aisles are just like, eh, yeah. they're underdone. They're I don't underdone. like it. Yeah. Nope, not good. And I can um, never remember which one is which. Oh, gosh, no, no. Which no, one I is result, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, while I I have seen numerous episodes of Law and Order, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I kind of uh, draw the line at like uh, Law and Order traffic ticket unit. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, it's Olivia, just not as exciting anymore. But Olivia Benson, yeah. she's basically holding the show together. Pretty I think. much, yes. Yeah. But also we had Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan finished. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, you know what that sound means. You know uh -huh. what that means. Yeah. Disco Star Wars. Uh-huh. Get down with your bad self. All right. Yeah. It's time for... Star Wars Minutes. Yeah, we actually, um, I don't know if we're allowed to play that 70s music, but we do it because we want to bring the, the love and the joy to you. We do. And as we've established, Tom lives in the 70s, so he likes to relive his childhood. I did. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I, I can um, I can kind of break down my, my existence by <laughs> decade. That's amazing. I was a child in the 70s. Uh -huh. I was a teenager in the 80s and everything after that i can't remember uh <laughs> the 90s are kind of a blur let me just put it that way Ugh. that was a really good one did you mean to set yourself up for that yes blur as in the band in no the i didn't mean that. oh that was good though it's a band you oh my I'm goodness kidding. i'm kidding <laughs> but uh. listen obi-wan finished and we got a, a really good six episode uh season and you know something at first i was i didn't know what to think about it obviously i didn't know what was gonna happen i was very excited you mcgregor is obi-wan mm -hmm. in in my opinion yep. um and then you know we got to see more of the in between like how did it answer the question of how did obi-wan feel after quote anakin's death and then we find out oh guess what he didn't die and i know that there were a bunch of people who hated on reva i thought she was a fantastic character and towards the end i was angry with her for sure but i'm excited to see what they do with her if anything in the future yeah i, I mean i can understand how she might have been a polarizing character yeah but i think once we once the audience learned her backstory mm -hmm. that basically told us everything we needed to know. I knew that there had to be something big. It couldn't just be that she was angry at, you know, the the Republic or whatever. Yeah. And that, that uh, I mean, an aside, it brings up some interesting uh, questions as to, you know, what happened to some of the other younglings that may mm. have escaped. Grogu, I want, they still yeah. haven't explained that, and I'm nope. hoping that we get some, some clarification. I mean... You never know. Maybe Grogu got caught up with Reva and just like, you know, hung out with her for a while. We, we don't know. We don't know. But, but you know, it, it's yeah. a testament to the sheer kind of scale of the Star Wars universe mm -hmm. that we can tell these stories. Yeah. And there's so many others out there mm -hmm. that are just waiting to be told. I mean, that I are pretty canon cool. too. 
Yeah. Like, that's the greatest thing, too, because, you know, some people think, oh, well, canon only is like a linear thing, but it's just not. Mm -hmm. If anything, Star Wars has proven that there are so many directions that you can go in, still bring the community together, and still focus all these storylines into, like, one cohesive story. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, John Favreau, he, eh, that guy's a genius. But I, you know, I think some people are kind of getting a little worried, like, how many you know, grade A's can you really throw out there? How many, you know, gold medals can you give us before your light starts to dim and, like, you don't put out, like, the best of shows? But listen, that didn't happen with Obi-Wan. No, it didn't happen with Obi-Wan. And and here's the thing. You got to realize that this is, uh, you know, art by committee, uh, <laughs> where there are so many incredibly talented people working on these shows. Yeah. With the writing. Deborah Chow, With man. the directing. Oof. And it's, you know, uh, that's what, when people say, oh, you know, how long can they keep it going? Well, as long as there are really talented people who love Star Wars and right. can do this stuff, it will happen. So indefinitely. <laughs> and I think that was probably one of the issues or problems with the, uh, you know, the, the whole Force Awakens mm -hmm. trilogy mm -hmm. that happened. I think that there was maybe too much going on. There were too many sure. hands in it. sure. With a TV series, you can kind of compartmentalize. Sure. You don't have to have every, every producer, every actor, everyone weighing in. We have more it, time right, yeah. to tell the story. And it can be a singular vision. Yes. Of like someone saying, okay, I have an idea. Let's gather the troops and we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and I think the movie suffered from a lack of that. Sure. For a lack of focus. There was no focus. Especially put... when, after the second film, which was yeah. like... Okay, which was so polarizing. It to was a lot. A lot. Of people. It's just a lot, you know. And you kind of figure, well, how much can they they put into one movie? Well, the answer is a lot. Yeah. And maybe sometimes we didn't need it all, but you know, I whatever. I mean, ultimately, I don't know where the movies are going to go if they're going to continue. But I do know that we're we're waiting on season three of Mando. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm so excited about that. Um, no word on on Boba Fett yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like. If it happens, it happens. It wasn't meant to be like this giant mm -hmm. uh, story arc, which I mean, I know maybe some people wanted. Yeah, I thought it was great the way it was. It was, but um, yeah. So, and, oh, of course, Ahsoka's coming out soon too. Yep, and then you got Andor, which mm -hmm. I was not really excited about until I saw the trailer for it. I am. Yeah, exactly. I want to know this guy. Like, I want to understand why this guy's important and why I should care about him and not think, oh, cool, he just died in one of these subsequent movies or yeah. whatever. And and funny, uh, there's a. I just saw a report today that said that uh, as soon as next year, Taika Waititi could be starting his Star Wars film. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, oh man. First of all, I think Taika's just amazing. Oh, I yeah. love him in general. Oh yeah. As a guy, as a human, as a comedian, I love him. Absolutely. I love everything that he's doing. Um, especially, uh, speaking of which, a little bit of a tangent here, but going back to new stuff that's coming up, What We Do in the Shadows starts tomorrow. Oh yeah. As of recording so this. So excited, so excited. <laughs> And if man. you haven't seen the HBO show, Our Flag Means Death, oh, it is man. so good. So good. Yeah. So funny. Those two have the most uh, amazing chemistry I think I've ever seen. It's fantastic. It's like, okay, you guys know the werewolf from what we do in the shadows, the original movie? It's him. But yeah. as like a bougie pirate. Yeah. So good. And if you and if you're like waiting for your, your fix from what we do in the shadows, mm -hmm. uh, the CW has been running episodes of Wellington Paranormal. <laughs> yeah. Which is a spinoff of what we do of the what we do yeah. in the shadows movie <laughs> that had Taika Waititi oh, and, in it and the two cops that are the They're cops in the movie. Oh my god! They're so funny. So that's on the CW now. That I think season three just started. Yes, uh, and it's really funny. It may be a bit of an acquired taste, and and this is my this is my secret with this is everybody's from New Zealand. <laughs> shot in New Zealand. Uh, I turn on the subtitles, the Fair. closed captioning, so I can understand what they're saying. Fair. But check that out if you you know if you like that style of humor, that's fantastic. But uh, I'll be interested to see what Taika Waititi can do in the Star mm -hmm. Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me of something that I don't know if this is true or not. But uh, there's there's this rumor that he had this uh, interaction with Natalie Portman, who uh, was in Thor: Love and Thunder, which was pretty good. Right? Oh, you did see it? I did see it. I liked it a lot. I'm seeing it this weekend. Not as good as Ragnarok, but still good. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but apparently. Uh, this is how much Taika Waititi, I think, knows about Star Wars. Um, but he walked up to Natalie Portman during shooting Thor Love and Thunder and said, hey, uh, uh, how would you like to be uh, in a Star Wars movie? Nice. <laughs> Not realizing that she had been in three of them. <laughs> so. 
It's like, that's hilarious to me. She's also not, you know, the, the catalyst for Darth Vader becoming Darth Vader. But yeah, no big deal. No, none of that. No big deal. Like, uh, hello, Padme. That's hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. I don't know if it's a true story or not, right. but it is funny. Or maybe he did it just because it's funny, but. Perhaps, perhaps. You know, but yeah, we've got so much on the, on the line. I just want to say thank you, Disney. You're not sponsoring this episode or anything really for us, which is a shame. But ultimately, thank you for bringing Star Wars to the greater public. Absolutely, you know, they, absolutely keeping it alive. So many, there's so many cool things happening, and I'm very excited. I can't wait for the Ahsoka show. I cannot wait. Yeah, that's gonna be that's oh, gonna be so it's good. Be, yeah. Oh man, so good. Rosario yeah. Dawson is so Ahsoka. I can't even. Yes. I can't even. You can't fathom this character without her being. And and quite frankly, she was only in what five episodes, six episodes, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. She is Ahsoka. Oh yeah. That's just how it is now. Love it. Um, but yeah, so that's been a, um some Star Wars stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Not paying for the music. 70s Even disco. Even though it's 70s disco Star Wars. Oh, man. Right, enough of that. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for coming along on that store. Yes, me? yes, on our tangent here. Yeah. So let's get into the meat and potatoes Ooh. of the show. Now, question for the audience. Oh. Have you ever been mistaken for someone else? No, Tom, I haven't, but please tell me why. Aha! Well, weirdly, this is hap this actually happens to me fairly often, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Uh, I will be approached by a stranger who swears we went to high school together or share some other kind of weird connection, but it's not me. And this, this happens to me <laughs> on a weirdly regular basis. I have had entire conversations with people who think they know me. I don't know. I must have a kind of face that just screams totally average. But well, that's okay. That's okay. But that leads us to the topic of our show, mistaken identity. Ooh. It is a classic trope oh, yes. of a lot of movies and TV shows. Yes. But since we don't have all day, <laughs> we're going to narrow it down. So uh, my, my first pick mm -hmm. is the ancient tale of a man born in Nazareth, a man who was thought by some to be the prophesied a messiah, a man who would go on to sacrifice his life after speaking against the Roman occupation of Judea. I am, of course, speaking of Brian Cohen. <laughs> you and the thought movie, he was going to say something else. You thought I was going to say Barabbas. Uh, no, the movie is Monty Python's Life of Brian. Everyone knows the glorious story of the child born in a faraway manger. Well, this isn't that story. This is Monty Python's all-new Life of Brian. And things look bad. Bloody for the people of Jerusalem. Still a few crosses left. Until Brian dropped in. He was a born leader. Brothers, brothers, we should be struggling together. We are. A potential martyr. What would they do to me? Oh, you'll probably get away with crucifixion. Crucifixion? Yeah. First offense. And his mother's joy. What you been telling them? They think I'm the Messiah, Mum. I'm the Messiah! There's no Messiah in here. There's a mess, all right, but no Messiah. And now, it's up to Brian to deliver a despairing nation from the throes of oppression. <laughs> Tough luck, Jerusalem. Just when you thought you were saved. It's Monty Python's Life of Brian. He wasn't the Messiah. He was a very naughty boy. So growing up, as we said before, in the 70s and 80s, my generation's first exposure to British comedy was Monty Python's Flying Circus. Mm. Now, the original series ran on the BBC in the UK from 1969 to 1974. And it wasn't until the mid-70s that Graham Chapman, Michael Palin, Terry Jones, John Cleese, Eric Idle, and Terry Gilliam were introduced to American audiences when PBS stations began airing Python here in the States. 
<laughs> After the show ended, the group took their act to the big screen with their first original feature film, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> which proved to be a success both in the UK and in the US. So after having a success making fun of Arthurian legends, uh, the Pythons decided to go even further back in time to take on, yes, the New Testament. <laughs> yeah. So in the film, the three wise men travel to Bethlehem to find the future Messiah. They instead find baby Brian, who was born just a few doors down <laughs> from the other guy at another stable. Uh, now, Brian, who was played by the late Graham Chapman, mm -hmm. grows up hating the Roman occupation of Judea. And at the same time, Jesus himself was beginning his ministry. Brian always seemed to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so he becomes infatuated with one of the female members of the People's Front of Judea, which is a, a rebel faction opposing the Romans. Uh, which is a pretty, and they're a pretty useless faction <laughs> since he never seemed to accomplish anything. Oh. Now, uh, after vandalizing a Roman governor's home, Brian is chased by Roman guards and winds up in a group of false prophets. So to blend in, he starts repeating the things he heard listening to Jesus uh, <laughs> and the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. So this, of course, leads some very stupid locals to believe that Brian is the Messiah and nothing Brian says or does is going to change their oh, minds. Oh, uh, sound familiar. Um, ultimately, Brian is captured and set to be crucified, which leads to one of my all-time favorite musical numbers, <laughs> Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Oh, man. So this film is brilliant from beginning to end. It is, to me, peak Python. Yes, uh, the group is firing on all cylinders. It's just fantastic. And what I find the most interesting about this film is actually not the comedic aspects of it, hmm. but the fact that they went out of their way to treat Jesus in the film with complete seriousness yes. and respect. Yes. But they mercilessly tear apart his followers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Not laughs> or literally Jesus. anyone that promises them oh, something better. God. You know? Literally. It's just yeah. all and it's all aimed at the followers. Which I thought was fantastic. Brilliant. Uh it, it really is kind of about a mob mentality. Mm hmm And, you know, not that we have those anymore. Um <sighs> Uh, <laughs> and more importantly, though, it is incredibly funny and endlessly quotable. Oh, yes. So, you know, it, it, it really is ultimate Python for me. Life of Brian. And I, I sort of kind of remember I didn't I wasn't allowed to see it uh, <laughs> when it came out originally. And then and, and also, weirdly enough, at the time, I was like, eh, I don't know. Uh, do I really want to see it? Uh, um, in fact, the only Python film I ever saw in the theater was Meaning of Life, Ooh. which was early 80s. Yeah. And that was the only one I actually went to see. Also wonderful. But yeah, um, Life of Brian mm -hmm. is, you know, why why they haven't made a musical out of that like they did with uh, Spamalot is beyond me. <laughs> uh, but they should. Absolutely it is should. so amazing. So amazing. So, that is my that is my first pick, and if you want to know what the scores are, you can imagine they're pretty high. Uh, Life of Brian gets an eight out of ten on the Internet Movie Database and a super fresh ninety six percent on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. Yeah, that's not that's not at all surprising. Yeah. yeah, and if you want to watch it, it is available on most streaming services like Apple TV or Prime Video, starting at about three ninety nine. Uh, but if you have a Netflix subscription, you can watch it right now if you want to. I mean, after the show, yeah, then yeah. you can watch it, but you know, no need to interrupt things. So that is my first pick. Monty Python's Life of Brian. Good pick. Thank you. Very good pick. I love, I love Eric Idle. He's just hilarious. Oh. But, you know, I always love this like sort of theme too that goes with it, which is like the Prince and the Pauper kind of thing. You know, he's... The, the classic tale of like one very well off, one not so well off, but like they're the same. So they, you know, have commonalities and they switch places, whatever. Right. Um, 
But what's good about Monty Python 2 is that every single um, time I watch it, I find something new to laugh at. Mm, yeah. Some really dry British humor that it didn't click in the first place, but then I, I can't unhear it. I love when um, one of the scenes where he's like, proselytizing it or not trying to but it happens to be and they're like and the crowd's just like tell us tell us and he's brian's over here like i don't know what to tell you (laughs) but anyways um okay good pick good pick thank you my pick is uh you know i gotta say it's like after watching stranger things um i've been on a whole 80s kick a whole 80s kick and i've even decided that maybe i kind of want to like you know use some hairspray one day and maybe see for how big i can get my hair just to surprise my mom see how it'll go (laughs) but anyways um my pick mistaken identity yes but it's one of those ones where once you realize that the mistake the identity has been mistaken they lean into it they find the benefits of leaning to unlike brian who's like hey that's not me i am not the prophet Mm -hmm. well susan Desperately seeking her, as it were, <laughs> um, is a film from the late eighties. Stars Madonna, uh, Patricia Arquette, not Patricia, but Rosanna. one of the Arquette, Rosanna, yeah, Rosanna. the one they wrote a song about. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Toto. <laughs> Ruin that and Africa for me. Well, I didn't know that the Toto sang that. Were Africa. They? Oh no, no, I know they sang Africa. Yeah. No, Africa or yeah. Toto? Who's the band? Toto. But they sang about Africa and Rosanna. Yeah. Okay, I'm. Confused. They do both songs. So confused. Okay. It's just because I was born in the late 80s. Anyways, so this movie is called Desperately Seeking Susan. And it's back in the time where, you know, um, people really relied on, like, ads in papers. I know it's a weird thing, but people used to take out ads in a paper. And not just ads for, like, oh, I'm selling my lawnmower. It was like, hey, I met you on the train. You were wearing a red blouse and you looked really nice. Call me at this number. Like, they'd actually put their number in the paper. Yeah, that was... uh... That, that form of social media. Yeah. What do they what do they call those? It's like the classifieds. The classifieds. So anyways, that comes into play at this point because um Su- the the woman, Susan, who is Madonna, by the way, but, uh, it, Madonna has some great roles, right? And in fact, I think one of her best is League of Their Own. Um, she's fantastic in that movie. I don't know about Evita. I mean I liked it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But this one is just it's it's really funny because it plays off her strengths of being loud, abrasive, um, very wild dresser. I mean, there's some, like, I don't know if there's any real words to it, but maybe they're alluding to that she might be like a prostitute. I don't know. In any case, she was she, playing herself then. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, t- no, she really was playing Madonna. Yes, exactly. Without calling movie. herself Madonna. Yes. She was Madonna. Even saying in a bar, in a nightclub, you know, whatever. She's a woman of mystery. A woman of surprises. What are you doing here? A woman named Susan. Orion Pictures presents Desperately Seeking Susan. Susan! 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 My God, we all thought you were dead. Just in New Jersey. Madonna is Susan. The hottest voice in rock is now the freshest face on film. Every man is desperate to have her. One woman is desperate to be her. Everybody I know is desperate except you. But someone is desperate to kill her. Killed? Come on, come on. Dead? If he can figure out who she is. Come on, come on. I'm not Susan. I don't believe it. Desperately seeking Susan. A life so crazy, it takes two women to live it. We have the two women here. One is a sort of bored housewife. Um, her husband keeps her. Well, she's a kept woman. He's very wealthy. He doesn't really pay attention to her. You know, she's kind of bored with her life. And, you know, she runs into someone who looks kind of like her. Um, and she gets mistaken for this woman, even though she's outlandishly dressed. And she decides, well, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to become this woman. Um, you know, at some point she loses a, her jacket, picks up the woman's jacket, Madonna's jacket, and starts, you know, playing her, wearing this iconic piece of, uh, you know, um, wear, jacket, uh, fashion. And she inhabits her life. So she goes to, like, these, you know, swanky afternight clubs. And, you know, she messes, not messes, but gets involved with people that kind of frighten her. She leaves this whole life for a few days. Meanwhile, her husband is looking for her. Um, and you know, she, he's seeking her by, by 
talking people, putting out an ad in the paper for her, but also the woman's trying to seek uh, the real uh, Susan, which is Madonna, puts an ad out and says, you know, come find me or whatever. And it's a romantic 80s trope where she ends up divorcing the husband Gary and falling in love with somebody else who wasn't in her social circle and all this fun stuff happens. But um, it's peak 80s, right? Big hair, mm. leather jacket, 80s music. Um, and it's kind of one of these weird fantasies too because there's times when you want to be somebody else but you just can't, right? So you're a bored housewife or you're, you know, you don't, I don't know, you just don't live that kind of lifestyle. So, um, she inhabits it, and in the end, they come to be friends, and they recognize the strengths they have in each other, and then in some points, they too, they're just like, hey, uh, why don't you keep pretending to be me, and I'll pretend to be you, and we'll see how this goes. It's like a parent trap type, mm. type of thing. Um, but yeah, definitely my mistaken identity, I think, falls under that umbrella. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can currently see it right now on Tubi. Tubi is renting it with ads, so... You know, something that I think we should touch upon at some point, too, is that a lot of these streaming services are now starting to offer a lot more content with ads. Yes. So Tubi, for example, um, Vudu, uh, Shout TV, a lot of these these apps will do this where um, before they didn't really have a lot of um, free content, but now they do with ads. Right. So just be prepared. Um, but the great thing about that is that if you're getting tired of paying like 18 bucks for Netflix, um, they're starting to offer like a lot of the similar content on these smaller, lesser known uh, applications and streaming services. Yeah. Um, but you can watch it on Tubi. Um, you can watch it uh, Apple TV right now. I think you can rent it for like three bucks, something like that. Um, so it, it <laughs> being like an 80s chick flick, I guess you could call it, it didn't exactly have the highest of scores. Mm. Like a 6.1 from IMDb. And I think uh, it had like a 70 on uh, Metacritic, which is actually pretty high for it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's just, I like it because it's just a classic 80s movie that yeah, you can kind of get into. Um, I like Madonna in it. Um, Roseanne Arquette was pretty good in it. Aiden Quinn is in it. Um, yeah, actually, he was really young, so really good looking. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my pick. I'm. I really like that movie. I think you should watch it. You know, I got to agree about the whole uh, peak '80s thing. Oh yeah. Uh, it really is a snapshot of a very specific point in time. Yeah, like New York. Yeah, it, it, the club scene. Yep. Um, you know, there there are movies that kind of capture, you know, what certain aspects of living in the 80s were like, uh, whether it's like high school in the 80s yep. or yep. family life in the 80s mm-hmm. or like Desperately Seeking Susan, club life, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So if that is if that is something that you're interested in or something that, you know, it it's kind of weird because it's it's nostalgic, but... For people that didn't grow up there, it's almost like a surreal environment. Yeah, it's it's not nostalgia, but it's like nostalgia. It's nostalgia yeah. for something that you've never experienced. Well, there's also this like CD aspect too, mm-hmm. because you know, I don't. I'm sure that it still exists now, but I mean, like 70s peak 80s things were. How do I explain this? Dirty, right? So you'd go to CVS. I'm um, CVS. <laughs> You'd go to New York City and you would walk out and there's just like, I mean, it's was the same now, but like it's just loud and trash everywhere and underground clubs and people smoking everywhere. And yeah, it's uh, just New York, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's it's funny that because that reminds me of something. Um, so this was 86. Oh, I was born in 86. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so I was uh, staying in a. Uh, hotel in Times Square. Ooh, that must be um, expensive. Not, no, it wasn't actually. Not then. This was before <laughs> they fixed it. Oh. And it was a it was a crap hole then. <sighs> this was before they Disneyfied New York City. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this was when you were taking your life into your hands when you were going out in the street. Uh, and so this, uh, and I remember because I was with some, I was on a, I was out there uh, to do to like work at a street fair. And, uh, so I, we were staying, we were staying in, 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 in a hotel. And so we decided, oh, it's, it's Times Square. It's nighttime. Let's go out and walk around and see what's going on. Sure. We decided to, uh, go see uh, clue in the theater. It was, oh. that's when it had just come out. 
Uh, so we went into Times Square Theater to see Clue. And the theaters back then, and especially in Times Square, were not the best kept. Sure. And there were random people in the seats. Uh, you didn't know really want to know what they were doing. Or if they were alive. Or they, Yeah, or if they were alive. <laughs> and you would never, <laughs> under any circumstances, go into the bathrooms. Oh. So, yeah. So, uh, so a couple of my friends and I, we actually went. We went to see Clue. Nice. In that theater. Afterwards... Uh, there's a, and it's still there. There's a massive McDonald's in Times Square. Yes, it's like four floors. Yeah, yeah. So we went there to go get some tea because it was open 24 hours. So we went there, and then, so we're waiting because it was even busy then. And as while we're waiting in line, some guy walks in to the McDonald's, walks up to the to the counter, the cashier, and proceeds to vomit everywhere. <laughs> <gasps> oh. Uh, oh, and it's like with my friends, I looked at each other and goes, New York. It's great. This is oh. New York. <laughs> but imagine that vibe, but in this movie, because yeah. I feel like they, they're synonymous. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> maybe it's kind of gross, but honestly, I think you should watch this movie if you are a fan of the 80s and you want to kind of see what like things were like not in California. Right. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. The 80s, yeah. 70s and 80s was a very rough time for New York. Yeah. Yeah. Very bad. Blackouts, bankruptcies, disco, you know, trash fires everywhere. It's not good. But anyway. Anyways, that's my pick. I love it. I think you should watch it. By the way, it's not just on Tubi. I forgot to mention it's on Pluto TV, Roku, Hoopla. It's on a lot Mm. of stations right now. Very good. And I think Stranger Things has something to do with it. Maybe so. There's a lot of that 80s nostalgia going on. (laughs) Yeah, they have Trapper Keepers again. Trapper Keepers. (sighs) So cool. Yeah. Anyways, what's your second pick? So my my second pick is uh, slightly pre eighties, nineteen seventy nine. Okay. So you know a little bit before then, but my second pick is about uh, a dim witted simpleton mm. who is mistaken for a political genius. And no, it's not about the prior administration. <laughs> uh, my second pick. Is the comedy being there? Inches of snow uh, that fell over the whole weekend and the blizzard is called. Good morning, Louise. He's dead, Chad. The old man's dead. I see. It shows because most your reading. Well, Mr. Chance, I have no alternative but to inform you that this house is now closed. If indeed you have resided here, you have no legal right to remain. You'll have to move out by, let's say, noon tomorrow. I don't understand move out. This is terrible, sir. I hope you're not badly injured. We'll take him to a hospital. You know, why don't you come to our house and we could take care of you there? My husband's been very ill. The doctor and the nurses are staying with us. Are you planning on making any sort of claim against the Rams? You need a secretary? He is different, isn't he? Perhaps. I can't breathe. Mr. President, I want you to meet my very dear friend, Mr. Chauncey Gardner. Mr. Gardner, do you agree with Ben, or do you think we can stimulate growth through temporary incentives? Thank you for joining us on such short notice and filling in for the vice president. You seem to be a truly peaceful man. Thank you, Ben. To quote Mr. Gardner, as long as the roots of industry remain firmly planted in the national soil, the economic prospects are undoubtedly sunny. I'm getting a quizzical look. I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. Being there is the story of a man named Chance. He appears to be in his 50s, has no last name, no birth certificate, no social security number, no driver's license, nothing. Okay. Chance has spent his entire life living in the palatial home of a elderly rich man um, in Washington, D.C. And he has basically just done nothing but take care of the grounds, the gardens in this place. Nice. He knows nothing of the outside world except for what he has seen on television. Oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So 
what happens in the movie is the the elderly man, the owner of this home, this big home, passes away. Yeah. And Chance is forced to leave this place, the only place he has ever known. Right. He's just basically, you know, he's he's allowed to like take some clothes, and that's it. Yeah. And the wealthy the, the 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 wealthy man who lived in the house had like really fantastic clothes. And so he basically took some of those clothes and left. Who forced him out? Well, when the uh when the old man died, house got sold and they were like, oh, You gotta go. Okay. Yeah. And so he's, you know, has no clue <laughs> what's going on. He's you know, he's not he's not smart. He's, you know, uh he's he's kind of like I said, a simpleton, so he doesn't really know. But he's very childlike. Right. No skills, no life skills at all. Sure. Very limited vocabulary. Never went to school, never, you know, none of that. Um, but you know, like his name, Chance manages to find himself uh, in the company of a wealthy uh, businessman and his wife. So he's dressed up, Chance is dressed up in these nice clothes mm-hmm. and he gets, uh, you know, he doesn't know how to look both ways before crossing the street. He gets hit by a car. <laughs> Oh, wow. And he's okay. It just is sort of, you know. But uh, he, he is picked up and brought to this man, this other wealthy person's home <laughs> because he's mistaken for like a wealthy businessman because of his clothes. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, when he, as he, you know, regains consciousness, uh, they ask him what his name is. And he says, Chance the Gardener. But they mistake that for Chauncey Gardener. <laughs> they think that's his name. They think his name is Chauncey Gardiner. Oh, Chauncey. Yeah. And they they believe him to have to be uh basically another wealthy socialite or a wealthy, you know, member of Washington DC society who has like uh gone on hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, so they really don't they don't understand who he what he really is, which is completely stupid. Yeah. I mean, but he's not like he's not like goofy stupid. Right. He's like quiet, very quiet, very reserved, very like he only speaks few, he's very few words. So is he nervous all the time? He's not nervous all the time. He's just like quiet and, you know, just soft spoken and all that. So now he is introduced to other Washington power players and they believe you know, when they talk to him, he spouts these sort of like aphorisms about gardening about plants and flowers and growth and seasons and all that and they think he's some kind of genius (laughs) they think he's talking about the economy and politics and all that and they're like wow he's so deep he's so wise he's right oh wow he's he's got all these he's got all these like words of wisdom for us right and so eventually he's introduced to the president of the united states (laughs) nice and he becomes something of a celebrity He starts hanging out with the president. Okay. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. But now that he's doing this, now that he's like in the White House and talking to the president and all that, you know, you got to check him out. Right, of course. So the Secret Service checks him out. They can't find anything about him because he has no background. Doesn't exist, right. No fingerprints, no, you know, no identification of any kind, right? And the only person that seems to... Uh, suspect anything is the president's doctor who's like, uh, what is going on here? It's like, are you, you know, everybody thinks you're smart, but um, you're not really, are you? And, you know, mm-hmm. and he, Chance or Chauncey is, is still very clueless about, right. you know, he has no idea what's going on. He's just saying these things and people are like, wow, this is pearls of wisdom from this guy. Right. Um, but, you know, the doctor kind of suspects but the doctor doesn't say anything because he's, you know, he, he I think he, he realizes that this guy is not doing any any harm, but is like kind of watching him, you right. know, to see what to see what happens. Um, but you know, being Washington, uh, you know, the he finds himself uh, being considered a potential candidate for president. Oh, God. Uh, by the power elite in Washington. I see. And so basically I'll think he's this brilliant guy, but he's just an, he's just not smart at all. He's just, you know, hey, how you doing? So people are believing what they want to believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chauncey's, you know, has no clue what's going on. 
at all. Uh, now, this is, a, this is an odd movie. And it is listed as a comedy. And it is funny. But it's not like haha funny. Right. Um, it's uncomfortable funny. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, it satirizes politics, television, how people hear what they want to hear, like you said. Uh, and Chauncey, or Chance, is played by the great Peter Sellers. Oh. Who did the Pink Panther movies. Um, uh, and a ton, a ton of comedy, British actor, uh, did a ton of comedies in the sixties and seventies. Oh, no, Wallace um, and Gromit. He's Wallace, right? Um, Peter Sells is Wallace. I'm pretty mm, sure. Hmm. Anyways, continue please. But, uh, his performance is not what we're typically used to seeing from him. He's usually kind of over the top and kind of goofy and does a lot of physical comedy and all that. But here, uh, he's, he's very subdued. Very subtle. And because of the way he talks, he has a very sort of genteel way of talking. Mm -hmm. And that puts a lot of people at ease and makes them more willing to believe what he says. He's a very he's a very endearing character. But, yeah. you know, the audience knows what everybody else doesn't. Right. That he's, he's really a moron. Uh, <laughs> but a nice one. And so you're, you're kind of like rooting for him in a way. But then you realize everybody else is is equally as stupid in their own way. And also maybe trying to take advantage of him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, By the way, he's not Wallace. It's Peter Salas. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and, it, and it, you kind of wonder as you watch this because you know what he is and everybody right. else doesn't that, you know, uh, how could anyone believe he was anything other than simple minded? Right. Exactly. So that's where it kind of it comes in. Uh, the humor comes in with like, you knowing more than the audience, than the, I mean, than everybody else in the film does. Um, now it's directed by a man named Hal Ashby, who has done a, quite a few films in Hollywood back in the sixties and seventies and eighties. Uh, it's a very straightforward kind of direction. It's not showy, mm -hmm. not a lot of cool camera shots and things like that, but it's very. 1979. You know, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just very, very straightforward in mm -hmm. the way that it's shot. But the cinematography is fantastic. Uh, you know, every, every shot looks fantastic. Looks like a painting. It's mm -hmm. just, it's beautiful. Um, so it's kind of, and it's not, you know, if, if you're, you're the kind of person that is easily bored. Right. This might not be the film for you because it's, it's got a very luxurious pace to it. Sure. And it's a, it's a slow moving. Leisurely. Film. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Leisurely. Um, and, but it's rewarding. I think if you, if you can, if you can stick through it, it's really, really well done. The, you know, the actors are fantastic from Peter Sellers to, mm -hmm. Uh, Shirley MacLaine is in it. Yeah, She's fantastic yeah. in it. Uh, so it's a it's a really well done movie. And if you you know if you put forth the effort and you sit and you can sit through it, I think it's pretty rewarding. So give it a try. It's being there, and it has, uh, for the time at least, one of the most kind of uh, most debated final shots. Mm. A shot that uh, like a, a final shot that makes you kind of question the reality of everything that's going on. Oh, like breaking the fourth wall type of deal? Not necessarily breaking the fourth wall, but uh, you, you get kind of a notion that this character of Chauncey um, is kind of operating on some level that we're not sure of. Okay. In, in his mental state. I see. So it's like something, there's something he does in the last shot of the film that should not be possible. Oh. Physically. Like, not be possible. But he does it. And you're left to wonder, did that really happen? What's, you know, and it's, it's very, it's, it's very unusual. And it's, it's been debated quite a bit as to what, it, what it means. Right. So, but yeah, uh, if that, you know, that might be enough to get you to, to, to try to try it out now. Uh, so for the scores out through the roof, eight out of 10 oh. on the internet movie database and 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Yeah. So no doubt about it, it's a good movie. Yeah, not for everybody, but it's good. But it's, yeah, well, the, the scores speak for themselves. Yes. So if you want to see it, uh, you can rent it for two ninety nine. You, you can get it on Prime Video, Apple TV, and Vudu. Mm. It's all there. So um, yeah, if you're looking for something with a little more of a you know languid pace, um, but you still want to laugh and, and and enjoy yourself, being there is not a waste of time for you. So there you go. In fact, you can be there to be there, to being there. Yes. Nice. Good yeah. picks. Thank you. 
Very good. I have some honorable mentions. I do too. Go right ahead. Uh, the Big Lebowski. Oh, that was one of mine too. <laughs> um, Overboard. Oh yeah, that's a good yep. one. Trading Places. Oh yes. yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's a great one. Yeah, those are mine. Okay, all right. So, taking out the Big Lebowski, which yep. I also had. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh yes, Tim Allen. Yep, yep. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. That's a fantastic one if you haven't seen that. If you like older movies, and one of my guilty pleasures of all time. Uh oh. Face Off. You like Face Off? <laughs> I loved Face Off. I am, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm almost shocked by. I that. saw it in the theater. It is the stupidest movie. Oh, ever. it is. It <laughs> is. But I love the sheer outrageousness of oh it. Oh my god! Don't and at the, in the cage. At the time, I he, was a huge, huge fan of the director John Woo, oh, because yeah. he did two other kind of guilty pleasures. Uh, like America, because he was a Hong Kong director that made some fantastic movies in Hong Kong. When he came to America, he did, uh, he did a film with um, Jean Claude Van Damme called Ooh. Hard Target, Ooh. which I absolutely love. And uh, and the second one was Broken Arrow with uh, Christian Slater and John Travolta. Oh. And it really kind of it, it epitomized that kind of over the top '90s filmmaking style yeah you know you know like you had speed. your you had your like michael bay and yeah. you know uh jan Debon who did speed and you had all these directors that were just going absolutely hog wild action um, explosions yeah action explosions and all that gunshots like yep. you know the guy with the two guns firing at the same time and <laughs> crazy like and, and if you know if you know anything about john woo movies there's always like doves flying around <laughs> it's great <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so face off, face uh, it's, man. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's peak Nick Cage right there. Oh, it's so, I mean, they're hamming it up so much. There's so much ham. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, man, I got to think of something, but this is, this is amazing. I can't believe I found that out like about you four years into this podcast that you actually enjoy face. Oh, I, you know, it, it's. Oh. It's uh, I I can't I cannot tell you, I, I just have a grin, just thinking about it ear to ear. Yeah, you probably I mean, own it in iTunes as well or Apple TV. Oh, I have the DVD somewhere. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it's um, like I said, I I, <clears throat> I saw it in the theater, was blown away, uh, literally because it was so many explosions. <laughs> but uh, it was just for me one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, before we end, we should mention too, on a little bit of a sad note, that uh, James Caan recently passed away. Yes, this yes, week, and uh, Tony Sirico as well. That's right. And I actually uh, got a chance to meet and interview James Caan back in the nineties. Was he nice? Uh, he was what you would expect him to be. Oh, okay, so, he was yeah. cool. Yeah. He was very cool, very straightforward, no nonsense. Um, I interviewed him for the movie Mickey Blue Eyes. Ooh, and uh, so he was. I mean, he was James Caan. He's just James Caan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly what you'd expect. Didn't disappoint at all. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, so. Yeah, rest in peace. That's rest sad. Rest in peace. I know, I know. Ugh. But, you know, Misery. Loves coming. Elf. Yeah. <laughs> so Misery is probably one of my favorite Stephen King films of all time. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's or like. Or Delores like Claiborne, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're and they're both kind of like stage plays almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know? In fact, I think there was. They did make a stage play out of Misery at some point. I think they did, actually. Yeah. But Kathy Bates, man, she freaks me on that movie. Oh, so good. So good. Anyways, um, thank you for coming along this journey. Yes. We hope that you didn't mistake us for, you know, the those other podcasts that seemingly do what we do, but that can't. No, no, they can't do what we do. And and you know what? All the other podcasts that are named The Deep Dive are all about other completely different things. <laughs> Actually, there is one about swimming. There's yeah. one about yeah, like, yeah. music. Yeah, there's one about sports. Yeah. I'm like, and and it, all of it serves to make you think, Maybe we should have named it something different. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. no getting around that now. Nope. 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 So to our um, three listeners that mm. we have left, thank Hi. you so much for listening. We really appreciate we're you. Waving at you. Hi. Um, <laughs> we're waving at you. We're sending lots of love. But uh, if you want to continue listening to us, and why wouldn't you? Head over to the deep dive where you'll find a complete library of all of our episodes, except for the first one because we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, you'll also see a merch stand where we've got sometimes seasonal shirts in there, but we do some of our our regular stock in there, and they're comfy. 
and they're not too expensive, and nope. we only make like two cents off it. So just buy it because you want to you want to rep us. Exactly. And if you go to our Instagram Ooh, page, I love it. There, uh, there is a, a Linktree site on our bio. Yeah, we find the Linktree. That all of our links are there, including a uh, coffee site. If you want to send us some money for coffee. Yeah. Uh, so if you feel like you want to do that, we would appreciate it. Uh, I need my caffeine. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we get hyped up, but yeah, caffeine yeah. always helps. Oh, caffeine is great. But yeah, as, as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we're going to find you again on this lovely, lovely podcast that we have, and it's going to be a great show. We appreciate you always. We, we really know that. do. You know that, don't you? I hope so. you know that, because anyway, I love you so anyway. much. On behalf I marry you. of... My, okay, what? Let's, let's not get weird. <laughs> or, sorry, weirder. Weirder. Yeah, that's it. Anyways. That ship has sailed a long time ago. Yep. Uh, on behalf of The Mandalorian, I am Tom Feeney. Don't forget to tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your hairdresser so you have something to talk about. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. That or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing.